The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. SGPN is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off your Shady Rays using promo code SGPN and then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win $500. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Mesh Shorts just in time for the summer. Go out, hit the beach, hit the breezeway whatever wherever you're at because some people aren't actually a lot of y'all are in landlocked states so you can't go to the beach but you can go out to your cornfield or whatever it is you got out there with your sgpn mesh shorts use promo code shorts s-h-o-r-t-s at store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com for 10 percent off Yes, sir. We are back for another edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. No me, no the voice, no the guys. Me, really real, villain real. It's real from Virginia here at your service. And uh, congratulations. I want to clap it up because congratulations to everybody who laid minus 600 with the celtics you cast your bet yes yes minus 600 celtics to win the series great job i am so proud of you all very so much however those that felt like that they were better and that they knew something and that they could trust the celtics and they decided to lay any number of games with the celtics they did not cash and for you i have nothing because you should have known that. But for the people that late minus 600 with the Celtics, congratulations. I'm so happy for y'all. Amazing time. All right. We are previewing the Eastern Conference Finals. And <laughs> it is so funny because this is what? Year, including before I took over as host. This is year three that I'm doing an Eastern Conference Finals preview. And this is the same Eastern Conference Finals in two of the three years that I've done it. All right, Scott Studio Rochelle. Scott, what's going on? I like how you said you took over, like there was a power struggle, but you eventually won the hosting responsibility. Yeah, yeah it show. was. A, I like how so that... we had actually, so just full transparency, so everybody knows what happened. So there was actually like a, a long night, and it was crazy because you had on one side, Rich, fat baby McKee and all of his guns and all of his everything. And then you had us, the coalition, and we were there and we were fighting and we were outnumbered. I mean, Rich, fat baby had Dan Titus, ZB, all of these other things. But the defector moon off, the defector moon off came over to our side and we won the war the long night it was very very crazy and then we won the power struggle that was and rich fact baby mcgee ran off into his own other thing yeah i am i am so into drama that i have no clue what the hell you're talking about i just showed up for work and i ended up on the shows but yeah uh, <laughs> nice to be back here uh feels good uh coming off of the sweep that i had in game seven we're gonna get into it in a second and we're gonna introduce an avid sixer fan so we brought him on to talk about the actual game yesterday but yeah i've just faded the sixers in a game seven with doc rivers and james harden Really self-explanatory. I had the team total under. Shout out to them for scoring 10 points in the third quarter. And I had an alternative points prop under with James Harden. However, I did end up losing a 20 to 1 parlay because I threw in PJ Tucker unders in there, which probably was not <laughs> But besides that, though, I called the game pretty well. And as Terrell said, I mean, this 
the Celtics, once again, congratulations. You beat a team you were supposed to beat. In fact, you made it significantly more difficult than it ever should have been, but still survive in advance, I guess. So pretty o- mm-hmm. pretty good overall episode for me, but I do wish I trusted my instincts and put Tatum rebounds instead of Tucker under in points. But, you know, that's a separate story. All right, and then we got my guy, Etienne analyst, Adam Rosenberg. Adam, you actually... I actually don't. I feel like your love for the Sixers is like my love for the Knicks, which is not any love at all whatsoever. But we're he's, he's so honest. It's, he's honest. It's, it's, yeah. Pra- it's, yeah, it's pragmatic and honest. Yeah. And so, I mean, I will just toss it over to you, but I will mention a couple of things before I toss it over to you, because, again, this is hilarious. And honestly, <laughs> I was like a kid in a candy store because one way or another, I thought it was going to be a pretty hilarious ending of how this series ended. So in a game seven where you have to win to make it to the next round and you can finally make it in, you know, beat Boston and go to your first conference championship game. Yeah, their first conference championship game. Joel Embiid was 5 for 18, 0 for 4 from 3, 15 points, 8 rebounds. You had James Harden, who was the second best scorer, who was 3 for 11, 1 for 5 from 3, 9 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds. The leading scorer for the team was none other than the person that's gotten roasted probably the most out of anybody in this team, and that is Tobias Harris with 19 points. Ironically, I I actually like Tobias Harris going into yesterday's game because his Game 7 history was not nearly as bad as James Harden's and Joel Embiid. But yeah, uh, you didn't mention, by the way, with Harden's nine points, P.J. Tucker had 11, and he played 21 less minutes than James Harden. James Harden still managed to have five turnovers to go with that, uh, to have his hand on the ball as much as he did, including that very reminiscent of the I want to get out of Houston turnover, which was right around in the beginning of the second half where he just threw it out to the third row of TD Garden and just kind of looked like disinterested in everything. And he- and he was also the first basket score. He had the dunk yeah. in the first 40 <laughs> seconds of the game. So he scored seven so, points in the final points outside of, Yeah, insane. All right, Adam, I will kick it over to you for thoughts on the Sixers series. But before we do that, I got to talk to you about Shady Rays and Shady May. Shady Rays is teaming up with SGPN for Shady May because not only do you get an amazing 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses, but you have a chance to win $500. How can you do that? I'll tell you. You just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady and take your receipt there, enter it into the contest, and you'll have a chance to win $500 during the Shady May contest. And for our international listeners, Shady Rays has you covered as well with shipping to Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the UK. So check out our contest and check out shadyrays.com, promo code SGPN. We also have, when you use your shades, you can get some nice shorts from our merch store. We have mesh shorts in the store for whatever you need them for. Store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. And you can use code SHORTS for 10% off. That is store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Code SHORTS. All right, Adam, I will kick it over to you. What are your thoughts on the travesty that happened last night? All right, I'm just going to go right to the hammer. Joel Embiid is the problem. Um, hi, I'm the problem. I'm Joel Embiid, and I'm tired of this, and it's stuff that Sixers fans may or may not want to hear. But there's a whole collection of guys that have gotten worse when they have played with Joel Embiid over the last eight years. Those include, and this is just when you look at the metrics of how people have performed. Jimmy Butler performed worse. 
Toby Harris performed worse. Ben Simmons got lost and decided to start playing Call of Duty instead of basketball. James Harden got worse. Doc Rivers arguably got worse. Al Horford got worse. It, it's the consistent variable has been Joel Embiid. And so the, the the problem that we have here is that you cannot do Mori ball and have a center that struggles to run up and down the court. I'm not denying anything about how great Joel Embiid is as a player, but I think that this Sixers team, a Joel Embiid-led Sixers team, this is it. They are as good as a pre-processed Sixers Embiid-less team that also lost to the Celtics in a game seven in the second round that started this whole thing. So, um, look, there's a couple different paths that are going to happen for this team. Either uh, the most likely one, I think, is everything stays the same. I think, actually, James Harden comes back. I think Doc Rivers comes back because Joel Embiid clearly loves him. He's respond like Doc Rivers is overseeing the three best years of Joel Embiid's career, including his MVP year. Like if he was going to be gone, Joel Embiid would be the one to say he's gone. Um, I think that that's the most likely scenario. The scenario that I would want, they find a way to get Doc to say, nah, I'm good. Maybe he goes and coaches Detroit or something like that. And um, former Sixers assistant, you know, Monty Williams comes over, kind of changes things. We move a lot of things around the nuclear scenario, which is unlikely to happen is everything gets torn down. And uh, you start from square one. It's the, the the problem that this team has is that it seems very very satisfied with performing at seventy five percent versus one hundred percent. They haven't even won a division on, uh, over the Celtics. They the, the Celtics have them across the board. And just yesterday was you know I mean they had a lot to think about what during a seven minute stretch where they didn't score a point in the third quarter. I'm sure that they had tons to think about of whether or not this is working, and it's not working and getting Dame isn't going to change that um, running everything through a, through a five that just wants to hold on to the ball probably is not the way to do this, but I don't know. I'm not Josh Harris. I'm not Daryl Morey, but if it was me, I would blow the whole thing up because it's Joel Embiid is the problem. That is my mm-hmm. therapy. <laughs> that is <laughs> all right. No, it. it's just, I'm it. glad it's you were able to get that out. I'm glad you're able Man, to get that out. It sounds like that that was sitting and building for an incredibly long amount of time. It really is. Well, it is. We're in a denial of it. And I, I, I'm not on the same thoughts that that is Joel and B, but I do think that they need to actually allow themselves an overhaul and some type of overhaul, not necessarily in terms of players, but in terms of personnel. I think the front office, I think that the coaching staff, I think they just need fresh eyes sometimes fresh eyes is all you need in this business and a lot of business. Sometimes you need a new pair of fresh eyes and they can come in there and make something really big happen. And I mean, I, it just seems like now is the time that if you want to be a coach that you want, that if you are a coach and you're looking for a job, this is the time because you have two other MVPs that are looking for coaches, potentially a third. We'll see what they do. If they fired out really rich, they would have fired him by now. It's, it's 11. They would have. I think they're going to they try. If anything, they try to get him to, they would try to get him to say, Hey, I'm resigning. Cause I want to do something. I mean, he would be gone by now. Like Joel wouldn't be allowed to say he's, he's my guy. Like without that. Yeah. So sometimes, sometimes you just need a new pair of fresh eyes. I think that was what it was for the Warriors. Warriors got Steve Kerr in there. Fresh eyes. Steve Kerr brought a whole new system and things worked out. Could be the same for Joel Embiid. Uh, yeah, I really don't have any thoughts. I mean, it was a game seven. It was, it was either Boston or James Harden and Doc Rivers. Like it was, so I really uh, don't have any that mean. Yeah. I was going to say 17 and 33, right? Yeah. Isn't that the record that's worth mentioning now? 
What is that it? Is that that's Doc record? Rivers' record in series clinching games in his career? Wow. He's 17 and 33. Oh, oh crap. It, I did not know. That. Well, you had the meme. It was like, this is kind of a joy of all the worlds coming together. And it's the guy pushing the button that says James Harden and Doc Rivers in a game seven. And it was yeah. just perfect. I mean, but can you blame Doc Rivers for yesterday? Is that the thing? I mean, like, no, I, that's what I was actually going to get into because he's 17 to 33. So that's the record you mentioned. The, the fact that he's he's lost 10 game sevens, which is the most of any coach in NBA history. And yet, I was watching, you know, a couple of comedy skits out there. I know Mark Phillips, for example, is a well-known comedy guy. And he had a skit on Doc Rivers talking to the team in the post game, And he basically said, they're going to blame me. I don't know what you want from me. None of you are hooping. Like, I don't, I don't know what he was supposed to do. And B didn't show up. He went 5 for 18. Harden, once again, had nine points. <clears throat> he got outscored by P.J. Tucker. At some point, coaches coach and players play. And I know that in previous years, you could argue adjustments weren't there and you could blame Doc for maybe not making enough adjustments. I don't know what adjustments you can make when nobody on your team can hit shots. You, your entire team is predicated on two guys running endless pick and roll, and neither guy can shoot for roughly the final game and a half, game and a quarter. Because once again, that fourth quarter, they scored one point in the final, uh, scored three points in the final five minutes and 56 seconds. That you could blame Rivers for because Embiid didn't get the ball enough, but then at the same point, He's seven feet tall, 200-plus pounds, arguably 300 pounds. Maybe he should demand the ball when things aren't going his way, which is another issue. But at the end of the day, I do think in this particular case, I'm not going to blame Doc because both Harden and Embiid vanished and combined for 24 points, and you're not going to win when that happens. But I do have to at least acknowledge, based on historical record, Doc Rivers might be arguably the least clutch coach of all time because he has a winning percentage once again of roughly 33% in series clinching games. It's almost there, but for yesterday's game, I, I can't really blame him when only three guys show up and it's not including any of your star players. He's just, uh, yeah. I mean, sorry, go, go for no, it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I just like, I mean, it's sort of like where they were when they had Brett Brown and they moved on from him. Like Brett Brown's not Nexus and O's coach and was, and he was, but he was a good uncle to get you. He, he made you think that a 11 win team was probably a 50 win team because it was just fantastic to watch this guy be the fun uncle over this entire team. But like doc rivers is kind of what he is on this. And it's just, he's historically mid and this Sixers team is historically mid like doc rivers biggest success is when he inherited a, incredible big three when he was at the Celtics. So and like, you could argue he underachieved. And he under, you could argue he underachieved. They only got it once. Like let's, let's talk about, I mean, yeah, I, so, but, but, but when your big guys don't show up and I think that yesterday's game was actually the first time that I noticed in the, I mean, other than, uh, other than earlier in the series, when he came back, you um, gave two, it was the first time that I noticed that he actually didn't look as great on his knee because he seemed to be t hesitating a lot to look for reads when he could have just like be strong under the do your thing, be strong and just keep like pounding on under the net. And instead, he was looking for second reads and he was constantly turning the ball over because he was moving slow. And it just that's the first time that I noticed, and maybe because it was such a clutch game, that the knee was actually bothering him. But again, back to the big thing with Joel Embiid is it's always something. It is always something. So. Doc Rivers has been coaching since 1999 as a head coach. He has, what's this, 12 math in public, 15, 24 seasons under him. He's won one championship. 
are those other 23 seasons of failure? No. Because he got the one championship and he learned and he continued. I, thought, yeah, to I was learn. gonna say he and you so, know learned stuff for Yeah, he learned he learned all way, of those know. seasons, all of those other twenty-three seasons he learned. And even though the championship came in the middle and then nothing came after all this time, it is not a failure. It is not a failure. So I'm just gonna ask I, I compared him in hockey terms to Bruce Boudreaux. And I know that Adam yeah, that's definitely a great liked that, I loved that, that reference. <laughs> I'm gonna throw another one out there. Yeah, that was an amazing reference. Yeah, oh my Carell gosh. No clue what the hell I'm talking yeah, about. no, Bruce is he, uh, <laughs> is he the NBA version of Jim Beheim? Oh man, as a Syracuse guy, I mean I'm just gonna ask because yeah, Bam has yeah, the one title yeah, because Melo walked through the door. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, I mean And are like, those other hundred years of Beheim a failure? No. No, but we know what we've known for the last five years that we needed to get Beheim out of there. That's actually a way better. That's a no one is yelling, you know, Doc in the same way they're yelling Bruce. But um, I yeah, say, I at, least, at least Doc can drive. But I don't know if I can. I would make say it's pretty accurate. Game. Like Jim Beheim, kind of like I mean, that's the thing with with Doc Rivers is like, and look, he made adjustments at times in the playoffs. But generally speaking, Doc Rivers' strong suit has never been, hey, here's how I'm going to take a second unit and work them in and stagger them in. Like the only thing you ever had to do with Harden and and Joel was figure out a way starting last February to stagger them so that everyone else around them gets better. That actually is the is what you need to do. Instead, it was always hockey line change style of like, cool, who's our who's our five who are in now? All right, cool. And then Joel's gonna check in at the end of this third quarter and we're gonna kind of go from there. And it, you know, it look it made capping them pretty easy because you knew exactly what was gonna happen. Like you could easily fade the Sixers every third quarter. But um but but that's the thing. Like, yeah, it look, it's not to take away from everything that Doc Rivers has done, but I, whether it's Finding a coach that has some sort of, of like, I think it's the fresh eyes. It's just, it's the fresh eyes. And, and, and some of these guys who have seen things a little differently, like the Sixers generally don't draft guys that are within that wheelhouse of hey, this guy could be, this guy's a big upside. Instead, they usually, they draft role players. It has always seemed, but then they finally change that up with Maxi. like lean into that. I mean, it's, I've, I've just seen enough of Isaiah Joe and Charles Bassey and some of these guys that I think could have been built into solid dudes for us go to other teams and instead I'm watching Doc Rivers do hockey style line changes with Joel Embiid who consistently wants the ball more but then slows down the pace of play slows down everything else and then goes to Twitter to talk about why he should be MVP I'm just glad I don't have to hear about that anymore he got his MVP I don't next year I do not want to hear about Joel Embiid needs to be MVP again yeah, I just I just want to make a couple points. I'm I'm not going to spend much time on it because I know we are here, of course, to yeah. preview the next series. But the winners. Yeah, first <laughs> things first. You mentioned the draft. You know what looked really good with the Sixers uh, yesterday, Jason Tatum. What looked really really good. I'm curious how Markel Fultz is enjoying his offseason vacation. But yeah, Philly had a chance to draft him. Of course, they didn't do it. Uh, you mentioned Isaiah Joe. He was also you know a solid role player turned into one at Oklahoma City. But the point is, Philly has definitely had opportunities where they've had good supporting cast guys in the building. They just don't let them develop. And shout out to a guy who plays for my favorite team now, Mikael Bridges, who I think would have been pretty useful. Yeah. And I thought that's where you were going originally. Instead I was, of Tatum, well, I was yeah. going to, but I remember, you know, Tatum also was a guy who dropped 51 on your head and he could have been in Philly. So there are a couple of, you know, spots there where Philly drafted the right guy at the time. 
they just flipped one of them for Zaire Smith, and I don't know which country he's playing basketball in at the moment. But still, well, he had a peanut allergy, and that just that just derailed his entire career. Either way, point weird. is that <laughs> they could have always used a very good defensive wing guy, or at least a third option. They haven't really had many great defensive wings in the past, which were in the building, but they didn't exactly have it. But Embiid, the last point I'll mention, I'm not sure he can be the best player on a championship team, and it's going to sound harsh because he just won the MVP. However, this season, he's averaged 33.1 points per game in the regular season. He averaged 23.7 in the playoffs. That's a 9.4 points per game drop-off, which is the largest by an MVP in NBA history. Oh. Just going to throw that out there. His point total dropped roughly 10 points from the regular season to the playoffs. And the quotes after in the post game, which I briefly want to mention, you can't say that. I know that some of it was taken out of context, you can't say, you know, we need other guys because James and and, our, and myself can't do it alone at any point in that press conference when you combine for 24 points in a game seven. You can't say that. I'm just going to throw that out there. And if Lillard, I know, has been linked to joining the Sixers, when he retweets the quote with the caption, huh, that's probably not a good sign that Lillard wants to play with Embiid. Uh, you can't say that especially within an hour after losing. You can't indirectly or half-ass throw your team under the bus when you and Harden did not show up for a Game 7. That's all I'm going to say. All right. So, (laughs) because they're going to keep talking and talking and talking, and I have to leave. That's how I want to Thanks for joining the SGBN Sixers podcast. Yeah. (laughs) TalkFi is the country's number one modern makings modern matchmaking service that's designated to help you achieve relationship success. Here's how it works. Talkify has matchmakers to meet with you and find out what you're looking for in a partner. They do all the hard work for you. They screen candidates. They do background checks, video interviews. They ask the tough questions that are too awkward for a first date. So Talkify is so committed to helping finding your match that 80% 80% of their clients find their person within the first 12 matches. They are now offering 20% off to our listeners. When you become a client, when you become a client at talkify.com slash SGPN, that's talkify, T-A-W-K-I-F-Y.com slash SGPN for 20% off when you become a client. Talkify.com slash SGPN. All right, let's talk about the two teams that are actually still in the playoffs. And we have... For the third time in four years, the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat are meeting up in the conference finals. Looking at a series winner, Boston is a minus 525 favorite to win the series. The Heat are plus 400. Series spread, two and a half. Minus two and a half for Boston is plus 110. Minus 130 for plus two and a half games for Miami. We can even take that a little bit further. Miami... uh, Plus one and a half games is plus 160, and Boston minus one and a half games is minus 195. You have a. I thought I had over. There we go. Series game is five and a half, minus 210 for the over, plus 170 for the under. Scott, I will start with you. It feels. Of what I said, of what I said. Yeah. What is the. Bet that you automatically looked at and said, I have to go place this. My initial thought was going to be something involving the Heat plus the number of games because they went to seven last year. And I think that Missoula is a worse coach than Udoka. So I think the argument would be it would be the Heat plus the games. But 
in reality, I kind of treated this series at first glance like how I treated the Celtics and Sixers series. I looked at the teams and said Boston is clearly the better team on paper. I don't think it's particularly close. However, the one issue that I had with Boston going into that Philly series is the fact that I think Missoula is a bad coach. I just objectively, I don't think he's a good coach, and I do think that if they end up losing to Miami, Boston might have some problems because Missoula, I think, did the bare minimum to keep his job next year, and we'll see what happens. But I do think that Boston's got the better team, like the Philly series, but Missoula got outcoached by Doc Rivers for roughly four games out of seven, and that's not a good look, especially with Spolster being the best coach in the league by a wide margin. I think we agree on that, right? Spolster's the best coach in the league? Yeah. Kind of Charles, do you agree with that? Um, top mm, three, top two. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's up there. He's. I don't. It, it just feels like Spolstra gets the name, like the name value of being like Popovich. Everybody's gonna say Greg Popovich. Is I, like I think Spolstra. Yeah, gets yeah, the yeah. Most, he gets like, most yeah. out of the little. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think. I, I think I, it's easily territory. But go on. That's not what we're yeah. talking about. Go on. Point is, Spolstra is clearly the better coach, and I don't think yes. it's close. So you're assuming that if you have a battle of talent versus a battle of game planning and adjustments, there's going to be some you know push and pull with both sides. So I'm going to lean to the Heat plus the games here because we just saw it go seven. I think last year's Boston team was better than this year's Boston team personally, but I do think that based on what I've seen with these teams and how they've been performing, I think Boston's going to win the series, but I think it's going to go to seven again. The only difference is, of course, game seven being in Boston instead of being in Miami, but... I, I just think that Boston is the better roster, but they tend to no-show games, and they're a very pretentious team. They think and they know that they're better than you, so they don't think they have to try all the time. And as a result, they let some upsets happen along the way, like game one against Philly, for example. They thought they won the game before the game was even played. And as a result, they let an inferior team sneak up on them. And I believe Boston led the entire league in most double-digit favorite outright losses in the entire league because, once again, they thought they won the game. Before oh, the Utah Jazz played. stat. Yeah, the Utah Jazz stat. I love, the, yeah, the reverse I love Jazz stat. When they were love, favored by double digits, they lost. No, no, no. This was no. This is the original Jazz stat. Oh, the original. The new, sorry. Yeah, okay. this is the original. But like, People don't know, but we were fading them. We've been tailing them, fading them, depending. You know what? They're just a really good team. Just know that. They're a great team to bet. You know when to fade them. You know when to back them. Yeah. But, yes, and just – 32, I believe, what was it, 32 and 19 straight up as a favorite, and that was actually, like, you lost money if you bet $100 on every single one of those games. So, Yeah, point rough. is, I'm, I'm going with Boston in seven. I don't think Miami's going to win the series. I really just think the talent disparity is too massive between these teams. But Spolster's going to make it very interesting, and I think as a result, they got Boston in seven. All right. Adam, I will – well, wait, hold on. Is there – yes, there is. No, it's not. Yes, there is. No, it's not because that's asking too much. Okay, I was trying to find a Boston in seven. I can't find it right now. We'll find it later. Adam, what do you? What of any of this spread? Any of the two spreads that I listed? Total games? Any of that? What's the bet you feel like you have to make on this series? Uh, I got to agree. I got to kind of take the um, the heat with the plus the games spread. I hate it. Because <laughs> but I, have I hate it. Something. Well, like, I just, I just yeah. don't like the Miami Heat. Like, I don't like the, I don't like Heat culture. I don't like the whole thing. And obviously, a little biased because my team just lost to the Celtics, but I, I don't want to mute. And they lost to the Heat last year. 
And they lost to the Heat last year. I don't want to mute an entire Eastern Conference Finals. Is a, well, losing's in our DNA, as Brandon Anderson has said. Uh, hey, I'm um, there too. I'm there too. Sorry. <laughs> Look, but the biggest thing, and Scott, like you, you touched upon it, the thing with the Celtics team that sort of changes the whole your coach isn't great thing, because you called this out the other day, that there's really only like five coaches that are good in the league if you look at coach of the year records, because like all these coaches of the years just kind of leave and get fired six, anyway. Six it, of the last eight coach of the years, including Mike Brown this year, are unemployed. It's unreal. Um, but the point is with this Celtics team is that all these guys have played together for a consistent period of time that you actually get the feeling that at certain points in the game, they're just like, yeah, cool, we got this, or yeah, cool, we don't care. And like, and that sort of comes out in how they're in how they play. Um, cause at the end of the day, look, this, this heat team is old and it's overperforming across the board. Like, yeah, I think there's some stat that they like won the most clutch games, whatever the heck that is, um, according to NBA.com. But the, the Celtics team is a better team and should be able to put them away. But the Celtics team consistently plays with their food. And we've seen also Spo do this multiple times where when the Celtics team gets hot from three, we saw this in the bubble. We saw this here. We saw this all over the place is that, uh, suddenly they switched to zone because he's one of the two coaches in the league that decides to do that. And then um, and, it's they, and it's effective. It's I've ne- yeah. I, the only team I seem to do it effectively is the Miami heat. And if the Celtics wanted to launch a barrage of threes and then suddenly it switches and it's a 29 to six run, I would not be surprised. So I got to take the heat with the games here. Uh, and I don't have it like right in front of me, but like, look, it, the Celtics in seven sounds about right to me. If Boston was fully focused and I could guarantee they would play a full 48 minutes every game, they might sweep. Like, I would pick them probably to win in, like, five, but I can't trust this team enough, so I'm going with Miami. It's just so funny that, like, everybody... I can see the development over the past two years of full-time doing this show and how everybody has slowly but surely come to agree that no matter how good this team is, no matter how much better they are than the other team, no matter what the talent is, no matter what the disparity is, no matter what the situation is, regular season or playoffs, that everybody has come to realize that this team just cannot be trusted. That is it. That's all you need. Right now, if you was with me on the Boston cannot be trusted train for these playoffs you would have cashed hawks plus two and a half at plus money you would have cashed philly my uh plus two and a half at what was it minus 150 minus 140 something like that you would have cashed philly plus one and a half at plus 175 three and oh they have underachieved in every single series they played in this playoffs every single one they have underachieved there's no possible way and I'm sure that they're just happy. Oh, we're in the conference finals. We made it back to the conference finals. It was a very, very ugly road to get there because you lost a home closeout game in the first series. Then you proceeded to lose game one at home. Then you proceeded to beat tie the series two to come back at home and not even show up to the game. With no one beating game one, by the way, you didn't mention that. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, no. And so the reigning, the MVP of this season was not playing in that game. And so. You did close out. You did get two very strong wins to put yourself in a situation that won by the odds. You should have never been in in the first place. There's no possible way that I will lay anything. I wouldn't lay down in a bed with the Boston Celtics. <laughs> Nothing. 
There is nothing that you could get me to lay with the Boston Celtics. I will take the plus two and a half again. I will take the plus one and a half, and I will sprinkle on the Heat to win the series overall. Because guess what? Guess what? I guess what? Everybody expects Boston to win the series. Everybody expects them to win the series. And what happens when you put all your expectations on them? They find a way to let you down. Four to one win series. Plus one. What was it? One sixty for one and a half games. Minus 130 for plus two and a half games. Honestly, minus 130 bet just feels like it's an abs- like absolute steal. And JR somehow comes to the dark side. Honestly, I would have did this with anybody they were playing that got to the conference I was going to say, you, it depends on what the dark side <laughs> I would have did it with Ma. anybody. It didn't matter who it was. I would have well, did it with anybody. Because you can't. You have them. They prove it. The Hawks. The Hawks won two games. The Hawks won two games. <laughs> without was that without DeJounte Murray in one of them. Without DeJounte Murray. In Boston. Well, the immovable the, the it's, it, like, it's like the immovable object in the irresistible force here is don't forget, like look, you have as bad as the Celtics are as favorites um across the board ATS. But then also you're gonna if you go game by game, how do you feel then about Miami as a home favorite? Like are those gonna be the times when it's take it the other way? Well, I got a better is question. A- is Miami ever going to be a home favorite in this series? That's a, that's a better I feel question. Boston is going to be favored in every game. They're minus they 600. Even, it, like minus the only way that Miami potentially could be a home favorite. And it honestly, it went, no, it, yeah, it, would be game it would be game three. But no, it wouldn't even happen because if Boston goes up two to nothing, then everybody's going to assume Boston is about to come in here and sweep because they said, oh, they went up two to nothing. Like, so really, there's no situation where Miami's going to okay. be a favorite here. There you go. And I oh, know I said they win game three. Like maybe Miami steals one. They're up two one in the series with a convincing game three home well, win. Oh, maybe nah. they'd be favored, but it would take nah, a lot. It, it would take a lot. Balls yeah, get mean, the favor well, in every game. Don't sleep on Miami for game one, though, because you got the, the game seven teams off a of game seven trend is just. Is oh, I didn't say I was going to lay it with the Celtics. Uh, I'm yeah, just saying uh, Balls is going to be favored <laughs> in basically every game of the series. They will be. They will be. All right. Let's talk about. Um. Because we basically broke down that stuff. I mean, every, I'm pretty sure everybody thinks that this is going to be a long series because we all think that the Heat cover this number. Nobody it thinks shouldn't it's be, be, but short. I don't trust Boston enough to end it early. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, they're not they're not going to end this early. Okay, so let's look at some player props for the series. We have. Total points: Jason Tatum minus one eighty, Jimmy Butler plus one ninety. Jalen Brown six to one. I feel like that's. I feel like anybody else is not worth mentioning. Yeah, I agree. By the way, the next closest person after that six to one for Jalen Brown was Bam out of bio fifty to one. I <laughs> promise you, I you know, I would rather take that dollar and put it on Kyle Lowry having a legacy series at hundred to one, than put it on Bam out of bio. Uh, so we have that. Let's see here. We have to make sure we're we're not spending much time on that, right? It's going to be one of the two guys. Yeah. Tatum just dropped 51 in a game seven. They're not going to let Jalen Brown. That's why he's priced, what, 240? Yeah. I would actually, 
but 180. Oh, well, yeah. Then there you go. That's what it should be. Like, I think it's, oh, it's rebound one. He's 240. That's what I, I just, I think I would sprinkle on Jalen Brown just because of the fact of, I don't think Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are minus 180 to six to six to one difference. Like, I don't think they're that much. Like, I, I just not. think it's volume based. The entire last round, everyone was yelling at Jalen Brown to get more shots after the first quarter, but Tatum's going to lead the team in shots. It's the way it is. I, I, I think it's either going to be Tatum or Butler, in my opinion. I would but, I would sprinkle on Brown. I can't I can't not I mean I can't not say that's six to one is insane for them to be one A one B, and sometimes one B is one A. Uh, right, let's see here total threes. Jason Tatum minus one forty. Max Struess three to one. Jalen Brown seven to one. Marcus Smart uh, plus nine fifty. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon twelve to one. Duncan Robinson forty to one. Yeah, let's keep going. Uh, Gabe Vincent seventy five to one. Kyle Lowry one hundred to one. I'd sprinkle outside of on Kyle, Brown here, personally. Outside of Kyle Lowry, well, um, let's see, what would I do? I would probably, I don't know. Actually, why, wait, wait, wait. Hey, on, why is Max Strews? Why is Strews three to one, but Vincent seventy five to one? Are we just assuming Strews, Vincent doesn't get any burn? I don't know. I mean, his, I mean, Strews has the, the usage and volume was like yeah. Strews because it was what it's because like originally I was like, ooh, Duncan Robinson, like, oh wait, you play fifteen minutes a game. Um, but I don't know. I was actually, I, I was looking kind of at maybe something on, on smart. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. The Jalen Brown are smart. Like I, I actually might go smart on this, um, at around, what is it? Like the plus nine, nine fifty. I'm to not one. wasting any money on Marcus smart. I mean, give me a game visit at 75 to one. I, I just, he starts and he, he can easily have the hot hand this series. And this can be the off series for Strews. Like I, I'll just blindly take Vincent at 75. That just seems off, but I agree with Scott. I like Jalen Brown. I, I'd rather take Brown at seven to one here than six to one to be the leading scorer. That was kind of my point. I, I just think that seven to one doesn't make much sense, especially since you're looking at, the leading scorer, and who's going to take the most shots on teams. Yeah, Butler's not here, obviously, because he doesn't shoot threes. So if you're telling me Jalen Brown's main competition for threes is Max Struess, who maybe will end up in like a minute fluctuation situation with Vincent or with Duncan Robinson. We know Spo's not afraid of experimenting with the supporting cast, depending on matchup, and Jason Tatum. But if Tatum has a bad series, I do think it is possible that Brown, you know, kind of maybe boosts his volume a little bit on threes. And I think seven to one makes sense. By the way, JR, how are we counting the heat out when all of us took the heat plus the games in the series? Wait, that's a whole separate JR, though. That's JR Black. Yeah, JR yeah. Black. How, what, what, how are we counting the heat out? We literally picked it to go to seven games. Sounds like you guys are counting it. What? Yeah. Oh, no, no. So they're saying you guys – no, they're talking to y'all, not talking to me because I took the heat 4-1. to one. You're saying y'all counted them out because y'all saying they're not going to win. Y'all just said that they're oh, going to win. So you, he did call you out and say that right. you're not saying that they're going to win. Okay, well, first things first, I'm tossing the Buck series in the garbage because nobody picked Miami to win that series. I don't care what anybody tells you. Nobody had Miami winning that series. So <laughs> the Heat the heat won. Yeah, okay. Uh, that one I, my, I got wrong. I did flip relatively early, but yes, I did get that wrong. <laughs> I, I, I have to just acknowledge once again, I have it going seven games. So saying I'm counting them out is a bit absurd because I literally have it going the distance and I'm taking a home team to win game seven. Like, I, I, I'm not going to apologize for that. Uh, the, the Milwaukee series, once again, nobody had Miami beating Milwaukee. I don't care what anybody says. That was not a thing. All right. Uh, let's see here. Last one and I'll talk about, because this is the one that I feel like we can really, really have a discussion. 
Total rebounds leader. Jason Tatum is minus 240 favorite. After that is Bam Adebayo plus 250. Robert Williams at 10 to 1. Yeah, I'm not going any further than that. Well, oh, no, I lied. Uh, Look, Jimmy Butler at yeah. 35 to 1. Yeah, Jeremy Butler. Uh, Al Horford well, is 25 Adam's, to 1. Blah, blah. Adam's guy. Uh, yeah. Be, uh, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I'm like, yeah, like props to Joe Delara who like kind of turned me on this, but like Al Horford at 25 to one is I like, because look, he led, like when they did this last year, they led the series and it, and I, the only reason I like him a lot more, he had, he averaged 10 a game in the series last year against the heat. If he, um, the only reason I like it more than Robert Williams is like, you know, that Al Horford's going to be all over the court and he's going to have a lot more minutes because you still never know with Robert Williams, if something comes up with his knee and things like that. But um, 25 to one, I like, I like that a lot actually. For him, I'm so. curious on the rotation and maybe Joe Missoula actually making an adjustment, but it just feels like you don't need Al Horford as much in this series because the Heat are not like you don't need like Horford is there to space the floor, help add it to scoring, veteran impressions. He can sometimes switch on the perimeter, like blah blah. I feel like that Robert Williams and what he was able to give them last year in the limited half one leg he had that there is a possibility that they say we go all in on defense in this series. And we're just saying that we're going to have somebody inside that's going to be able to go toe to toe with Bam. That's going to be able to help give us some rim protection. I I'm very interested to see if there's a flip flop in minutes for Williams and Horford this series. I mean, he was also hurt. He like, yeah, but he had, he averaged six, he averaged six a game in the series last year in 22 minutes over six games. Um, I mean, Al, look, Al Horford missed a game too. I mean, like I forgot that everybody, like no one on the Celtics played the entire series yeah. except for Tatum and Brown. Um, everyone was banged up, but, uh, but no, so like, I look at, they mess with the rotations. Absolutely. But based on like some of the current uses and also Al, I also recognize that Al Horford played out of his mind, um, in that there was people that were talking about, Oh, Al Horford for finals MVP, if this all works out last year, but, uh, no, solely because yeah. of game one, but yes, yeah, right. But like, but you know, Look, I mean, it, that's just a really long number for um, based on just some of the if, if things kind of if you don't trust if you don't trust that Joe Mazzola is going to actually do and change anything and is kind of going to let them play type of mentality. Like, I just think I, I like that 25 to one. All right. Let's go ahead and get into series picks and one lock, one plus money dog type play. I will throw it to Adam first. Give me a lock series pit and some type of dog play. Uh, then my lock series pick is going to be the heat in game one. Um, just like, like, can I do that? Or does it have to be by game? Because mm. I, I really, so totally can subscribe. you, so you like the Celtics to oh, win. Yeah. So, so like heat win game one Celtics win series is plus four fifty, And it's a, it is a very, has become a very reliable, um money train as a serious bet okay i mean teams teams that are and especially when teams that are coming off a of game seven uh are only winning their first games at like 33 percent um and it's a wrecking palmer stat that I, like, I don't have in front of me but they're not doing that so put that all together heat to win game one celtics to win the series i believe it's plus 450 it's plus um, 425 so plus four yeah for then it's down from when i looked at it this yep. morning there you go that's still a very good deal in general. If you're going to be getting yeah. a, basically a, fi- a minus 500 favor, and you could turn into plus 425. I mean, that's just worth it in itself. That's what I would say. Oh, yeah. I definitely read the wrong number. Whoops. Uh, 
series total games just realized, yeah, it's it's minus one twenty for over five and a half, plus one hundred for under five and a half. I, I read that. the I read the Nuggets Lakers number. Uh, and so that was, I guess, your lock or your dog. I, guess, I don't know. I, guess I, think, I, think, we're just, I think we're just throwing out stuff. To we're throwing honest. them out there, but I would do the look. Then <sighs> the series bet over five and a half. It's at one twenty. I don't still have it in front of me, just because. Yeah. I came from hospital to here to do this because of because of my. I, I might have mentioned that prop in a second, but yes, <laughs> over over five and a half is still minus one twenty. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Like go ahead, Scott. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the over five and a half games. Uh, I, I think at the end of the day, once again, Boston is talented enough to win the series comfortably, but based on their mental makeup and what we've seen in years past, they really love to give maximum effort at the last possible moment, and they try to win series without fully trying until that point. I think Miami is, of course, going to come out ready to play. We know Spolstra is a very great game planner and in-game adjuster. I'm taking the over five and a half games here. Minus 120 is my best bet. We just saw it go seven. But you could argue a revenge angle or just the fact that these teams match up somewhat competitively all the time. I'm going to go with the over five and a half. All right. Wait, what was your dog play? Oh, uh, well, I don't know. Adam only gave out one play, so yeah. Does it, Adam want to give out Horford rebounds at twenty-five to one? No, nah, I'll just well, do. I just I'll just give that one because like I'm borrowing from too many because I'm less prepared for it. But like I'll just do. <laughs> I just like I like that. I, I think that the other stuff is is. I think the other thing is stronger. I, I just don't. I, I, like, okay. I like the Heat in game one, so like, uh-huh. I'm gonna give that out. The Heat game one Celtics series play. So it's great. It's fine because I have a long list that I can give out. Good. So let's go here. For my series lock, it was so easy. Come on, guys. Like, are we or not wasting? Minus 130, he plus two and a half games. They are winning two games in this series. Okay. What was the, what was the price on that again? Minus 130. Okay. I will series ladder that as far as I can go. So I will take the Miami Heat in plus 160 for plus one and a half games. I will take them at four to one to win the series. I won't even get greedy and start talking about minus numbers. And no, no, we're just very baseline there. So minus 130 plus 160, four to one. Easy. Locked in. I agree with you on the over five and a half games. And because I'm a degen and I always, I mean, you have. We'll see if Jason Tatum can do it, but I always think that this is in contention with Jimmy Butler. So, thirty to one, will there be a buzzer beater in the series? Yes. Okay. Other than that, Adam, appreciate you coming on to the show today. Anything else for the people yeah, before we get about here? Nah, uh, I just had a baby, so I'm on one hour sleep, man. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, Congratulations again. again, by the way. Thanks, guys. And Scott, anything else for the people? Uh, not really. Uh, I think for my dog for the show, I actually do like that Horford play a lot at twenty-five to one. I'm, I'm probably going to take that. He had ten. La- he averaged ten last year. He's going to play a bunch of minutes. It is what it is. So that's probably going to be where my long shot prop will go. But looking forward to the Eastern Conference Finals and of course the Western Conference Finals, which I previewed with Delonte a couple days ago. Basketball should be fun. I like how they're alternating one game every day. So we constantly have action for the next week or two. Should be fun. But yeah, besides that, I got a bunch of other podcasts, the uh, NFL gambling podcast, the tennis gambling podcast. And I know that later this week, I believe Terrell and I are bringing back another installment for season two. 
Yep, WNBA Gambling Podcast will be streamed. Probably, will probably simultaneously stream on the WNBA feed and the NBA feed. But yes, I, I didn't know we had a WNBA feed. Is that in the box? I, I I think I have access to a WNBA okay. feed, so we Me will try to make sure. I know it exists. We will so make yeah. sure the one of us that actually does all yeah. the technical stuff has the access to the feed. Yeah. So, all right. Other than that, I have to go. So. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you subscribe at SGPN NBA on Twitter, NBA Gambling Podcast on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. Absolutely. Make sure you leave a review. Make sure you like the video. Like the video. Like the video. Go like the video. If you're listening on here, go look at the comments and then like the video. And I'm pretty I don't have to ask people what they're betting for the series because I know everybody's joining us in betting Miami. I'm in Miami and we're fading the Celtics. I mean, 3-0, undefeated this year when we fade them on a the spread. So, easy enough. I have nothing else to say, nothing else to do. No other way of ending the podcast. Just got to end it like this. We are out of here. Basketball, give it, give it, give me the ball because I'm going to